Hello, everyone, and welcome to an, an all-glasses edition of the Monday <laughs> check-in. Uh, my eyes are getting a rest, so I've put the contacts in their little cleaning case, and out come the glasses. And uh, I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, by the way. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, joined by... Oh, maybe he's not there. Maybe he froze. Uh-oh. Rick Allen Pickett, the pastor at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings. Is it working? It seems to be maybe a delay. Okay. Should we start over? Well, I don't know. I think it's better now. Okay. I just had a a hiccup. Yeah, I had a little thing pop up that said, your internet connection is unstable. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I I think it's... Just a reflection of my internet connection, not my mental... <laughs> I think we're good. We'll find out, I guess. So the about Monday the check-in connection or about my 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 mental state. Problem. Hopefully both. Probably. <laughs> I'd like to have answers to both of these questions. To be honest with you. <laughs> um, so this is the Monday check-in. So what we generally do in a little bit, well, we take a look at the scripture that we're going to use for this upcoming Sunday, and we have a little little kind of a mini. Uh, Bible study discussion chat about it and then we switch gears from that and we share a few things about what's going on in the life of First Presbyterian Church Hastings. So uh, does that seem like enough of an intro? I think so. I'll uh, okay. open us with the word of prayer and then we'll uh, we'll jump in. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. All right let's pray. Gracious and loving God On this Monday morning, after one of the more interesting weeks in the history of our country, we thank you for your promise of steadfastness. We thank you that you are God, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today we lean into that truth, into that reality. We also lean into the commandments that you have given us, God what you've placed on our hearts to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. May those things be what lead us in the days and weeks to come. And today, as we dive into your word once again, may your word be illumined for us. May it open our eyes and our hearts to the ways that you're speaking speaking to us, the ways that you're teaching us how to, to do that, how to love you and how to love our neighbors. May that love be what leads us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So you uh, mentioned uh, an interesting week that we just experienced, and and we have an interesting uh, bit of scripture for this coming Sunday. Um, well, the two are not necessarily connected. <laughs> no, not necessarily. They're both interesting things. They're just things. both interesting, yes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's all. I, di- I didn't mean to make that more connected than what it ought to be. Uh, yeah, no, just interesting things. And so we are, we're, in, we're continuing in the Gospel of Matthew. We are uh, still in Matthew 25, actually. Uh, kind of a long chapter, I guess, in the Bible. Um, it's going to take us three weeks to get through it, <laughs> three Sundays to get through it. Um, and, and we have one of those parables. I guess we can add some more context maybe after after I've read through it. 
Uh, so Matthew 25, 14 through 30 uh, reads something like this. And this is Jesus speaking. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. So here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those, but from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There you go. Is it too oh, late to call Dan Deffenbach? Can we get him in on this? Reading, we ought to. <laughs> uh, a little plug for Dan Deffenbach, which we'll, uh, we're doing a, a three-week series on the Gospel of Matthew uh, on Sunday mornings as an adult ed study. So uh, Dan may have some insight into this that uh, Damon and I missed. So we invite you to join us for that on Sunday morning at 9.15. We'll also record those and get them posted later. Um, the, the first thing that jumped out at me when I read this, and, and I've read this many times. In fact, I preached, um, I had to write and preach a sermon on this parable when I was in seminary. Um, and I did what's called an alternative reading or sort of preached against the parable, if you will, uh, which is mm -hmm. one of the things they teach us in seminary. Um, and so I've spent some time with this one, but I haven't read it in a couple of years. And, uh, so going back and reading it, the, the first thing that jumped out at me is actually uh, towards the very end um, when, uh, when Jesus says, for all those who have, who have, more will be given and they will have an abundance, but from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away, um, which immediately tells us this is not a parable about 
capitalism or money? Uh, well, because the talent technically, the, 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 the literal interpretation of a talent is a, a sum of money and it's, a, it's an enormous sum of money. Um, depending upon which biblical scholar you're reading, you're talking about one talent is somewhere in the range of between 50,000 and a million dollars. Depending upon whether it was a talent of silver, a talent of gold, a talent is actually a weight measurement. And so, uh, but a talent was a, considered a, so, um, and the rest of the gospels uh, talk about our, our call to care for the poor, uh, talk about God's love for the poor, um, that is a strong narrative that stretches from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's part of the narrative arc of the Gospels. And so um, I think it's easy for us to immediately say that this particular parable is not about capitalism uh, or microinvestments uh, or specifically about how we use our money. Because uh, if this master is saying to this servant, to those who have much more will be given, but to those who have little, they, even that will be taken away. And uh, God is not, not the kind of God that would go to a poor person and take away what little they have and give that to a rich person. <laughs> mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're promoting a more allegorical reading of this particular parable. The, the passage that comes just before this that we read for this past Sunday is folks may know as the, the parable of the 10 uh, bridesmaids. Is that what they are, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and some, some are foolish and some are wise and, and some keep their lamps. Uh, they're ready to, to light their lamps no matter when the groom comes. And then the groom comes and they're ready, the others aren't. The ones who are ready get to enter into the banquet hall, um, which, which we might think they get to, to be a part of the kingdom of God uh, right away, kind of, sort of, right? Um, I would be curious to know if this, and that is a story that just shows up in the gospel of Matthew. I would be curious if this parable also just shows up in the gospel of Matthew. Because there's interesting things in the Gospel of Matthew that have to do with like, who's in and who's out. Uh, like, as, as we're trying to set up this, this sort of new community of faith, um, followers of the way, um, like, who's a part of that and who isn't? And I think that that bridesmaids passage very clearly reflects that. Um, and I think that this passage might reflect some of that sentiment as well with the like those who are already in are going to be even more in. And those who aren't in are going to be even more not in, um, which is a really important thing for a small community, a new community that is like trying to define who they are, especially against the, the wider culture. Um, and, and so you start to see narratives develop that are about, hey, like, it's really good to be part of this. <laughs> and, uh, and it's not really good to be not part of it. You don't want to be doing that. Um, and I, I wonder if some of this, that they would have perceived themselves as having received the, the gifts of God. Um, and, yeah. and, and they were called, being called upon to, to multiply those gifts um, uh, 
for the, I don't know, for the well-being of their community, for the well-being of the faith, um, so on and so forth. Is that, is that making sense? It is. It is. Yeah. And a, a good reminder that um, we talked about this last week. Jesus is speaking specifically to his his disciples, an insider yeah. group, a small group. This is not like a Sermon on the Mount type thing where there's thousands of people gathered. This is these are the insiders, and so he's and and in the next chapter, Jesus will be put uh, put on trial, right? And so uh, these are Jesus' last words of advice to his insiders. He's trying to really strengthen their faith and remind them what's important. Um, and so one of the biblical commentaries that I read. Uh, talks about that this is not a not an economic parable uh but instead that this is a parable uh, about god's god's grace you said you said god's gifts but um if if god or jesus is is the master in this parable um and is is willing to share these talents with his servants or his slaves as is interpreted in, in, in the nrsv um that's an incredible amount of trust that is being placed in them. Um, and frankly, just an incredible amount of abundance. Um, if, a, if, if, if a talent is a million dollars and he gives 10 talents to one of his slaves and five talents to another slave, um, Jesus is allegorically talking about massive amounts of abundance that God will share abundantly with us, not necessarily physical resources or monetary resources but is this about god's grace and about god's love and, and so the, the the master and we know jesus is trying to prep his disciples he's about to leave and then come back right and so there's this parallel that that perhaps the master is jesus i'm, I'm going to entrust you with this abundance and then i'm going to leave you for a while and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to see what you've done with this abundance. And what is the abundance? And, and the abundance was not material possessions. Jesus and his band of followers were not a bunch of wealthy guys running around. Jesus was entrusting them with an abundance of grace, an abundance of love, an abundance of mercy. And, and Jesus is asking his disciples, what are you going to do with this? And, and I want you to be like these first two servants who go out and multiply the love and multiply the grace and multiply the mercy. That is what I want you to do. Um, and so I like that interpretation. It's still a little problematic when we get to the final servant. I won't, yeah. I won't, yes. I won't. <laughs> right. But that's the, the idea that I was just going to make. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that you have been exposed to this incredible grace and mercy and even you, you know, and, and rather than go out and, and share it and, and multiply it, you go and bury it and then bring it back out. Like, look, I, 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 I sustained it, but I didn't go out and multiply it. Like you told me to do. I, I didn't, I didn't go out and, and, you know, and that's so, yeah, in that sense, I, I think it, it, it's less about eternal judgment as it is about this notion of Christ encouraging his followers, particularly this band of insiders, that they've got to go out and just double down on the abundance, the, 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 the generosity, the, the radical hospitality that Jesus has spent his life and ministry teaching them about. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm leaving you with these gifts of these things. What are you going to do with them? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that that sort of Alec Oracle reading, I think uh, it works really well for the first half of the parable. Uh, and I think it becomes tough for the second half in and not just not just how the the last slave is treated, but the slave that last slave apparently gives a fairly accurate description of the master and describes the master as harsh and reaping where he didn't sow and which to me is that he's taking things that don't belong to him um and the master doesn't i, I mean i guess how you read this question uh, uh you knew did you that i reap where i did not sow and gather where i did not scatter I, I guess it is kind of an ambiguous response. Like, it's not exactly a denial of the description. It's not also it's exa- not exactly saying, yeah, that's who I am either. So you could read it as, well, if that's what you thought I, that I do and who I am, then you should have behaved in this way. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And that's, and the, that's... And the, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and it ends with that weeping and gnashing of teeth bit, uh, which scares us. <laughs> and and then the the last part of this chapter, which we're going to do for not this coming Sunday, but the Sunday after, is the, unless I'm wrong, is the um, the sheep and goats. It is. And, and, and Jesus sorting out, I forget which is good and which one's bad, but you don't want to be one of them. I forget which. I think you want to be a sheep. You don't want to be a goat. Okay. Um, and, the, and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth in that one as well. There's a, there's a very, there's a hard edge in these parables for sure. Um, Just as there was with the one last week too, where the five bridesmaids are locked out and Lord, Lord, let us in. I do not know you. I don't know you. Ah, <laughs> Right. Did he know um, them before? I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and I think it's important to sit with that and to wrestle with it. Um, that's part of the reason I did an alternative reading of this when I preached that sermon in uh, when I was in seminary. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's an important one to just, just sit with. And, yeah, and, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it is really cha- hard and challenging, and that is why I would be I would be very curious to know like is this just Matthew um, material or does it show up someplace else? It oh. seemed like you were maybe doing some looking. I did, and it shows up in Luke as well. It's the parable of the minas, and so the talents is the the, the highest currency. The minas is the next highest currency, um, okay. which I didn't totally know until i looked it up uh so it's the same story but it uses uh, a lower amount of currency in the luke parable than it does in the matthew parable but it's it's basically the same uh, same narrative and also why don't why not just take the money and run right i mean there's obviously a fair amount of danger in trying to do that but well if it's that much though don't you think you could go create a new life for yourself somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Which, which to me doubles down on the interpretation that, that, that there is not an economic interpretation of this parable, right? Yeah. 
Uh, if there was an economic interpretation, you'd have one slave that would go to Mexico and start a new life there and open a hotel on the beach, right? <laughs> uh, or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. And so I, I think it's it's important that we divorce ourselves from a purely economic interpretation of this parable, mm -hmm. uh, though that is the one that has most often been used when this parable has been interpreted. And um, I would like for us to lean away from that. Uh, at least that's what we're going to do this week. And, mm -hmm. and I don't think I'll be... Uh, I won't be preaching a full-fledged sermon on this uh, because uh, this next week is uh, Confirmation Sunday. We're celebrating our confirmands, and part of the service will be them sharing their statements of faith. And I may actually try to tie some of their statements of faith and what they have to say into this because they actually spoke their statements of faith uh, this last Sunday in front of the session, and I got to hear them. And there is some very rich theological material that these uh these young adults or youth have shared with us that I think would fit in pretty well with, uh, with how we interpret this parable too. So we'll see how that all comes together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now here's my, here's my other question. These guys, did they get a commission off of this? Does it all yeah. just go back to the, to the master? It's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, the if master they... doubles down and gives them more, right? Yeah, or it says that he will, does it? Yeah, that he will. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not he actually does it, who knows, but it says that he will. Yeah. I mean, if, if, the, if the last one would have invested it with the bankers, I mean, the bankers would have done that. I think they would have done something with it. Well, yeah. You know, like, I mean, they're just not, <laughs> leave your money with me for a little bit and then I'll add extra to it just because I'm kind. I mean, they use it in their business to generate they, more. They invest it to generate more. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should call George Howard for an interpretation of this one. <laughs> maybe we should. It's oh. interesting. All right, but at any rate, well, it'll preach somehow. I imagine. I I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, we'll really leave the mystery and intrigue in it <laughs> this week. <laughs> Uh, should we switch gears a little bit? Let's do that. Let's uh, let's talk about what's going on in the life of our church, and and uh, I'll tell you that there's a lot going on in the life of our church, and I think think we all know this. We uh, we continue our what's our stay at home worship service, uh, and we're looking at some options for Advent and Christmas that would allow us to safely uh, gather in person in small groups or something like that. We're we're working on that. Stay tuned for that. But for now. We invite you to join us for worship uh, on Sunday at 1030s via Facebook Live or the radio or watch our weekly television broadcasts or whatever. But that's that's where we're at with that. Um, there was quite a spike of cases both here locally in our county as well as across the state of Nebraska this past week. Um, and we want to work hard to help keep our members as well as our community safe as best we can. So we will continue to do that. Uh, we have implemented a mask policy for people coming into the church during the week uh, that we want people wearing masks in our building. So that's uh, an important thing there. So, which uh, we, I mean, we were, we were large, we were largely doing it anyway. Whenever there was a gathering, we were requiring masks. Now we're saying if you're going to set foot in the church building, yeah. we do ask that you put on a mask. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, and I can share that uh, if folks are, uh, are staying home and if they are looking for ways to prepare some meals, particularly maybe some breakfast, 
uh, and need some help with that, uh, we can assist in that endeavor. Our senior high youth in their preparations for go and serve is undergoing their uh, cinnamon roll sales. So uh, that we've been making cinnamon rolls for the last several weeks and putting them in the freezer. Um, so if the folks are looking for a, a quick and easy way to be able to make a breakfast or dinner, I don't, whatever, make them whenever you want. I'm not going to judge you on that. Um, we can help you out with that. Uh, if you want your rolls in time for Thanksgiving, they come frozen six to a pan. If you want them in time for Thanksgiving, uh, we need to have people's order in by the 13th, uh, which I think is Saturday. It's Friday. Friday. The 13th. This is the day after the 12th and before the 14th. Uh, so we have two pickup times. One's November 22nd and one is December 13th. So if you want them for the November 22nd pickup time, uh, we just need to have your order by the 13th. Uh, there's been order forms and bulletins and you can just call the church. Uh, we have order forms there and Jean or whoever answers the phone uh, can help get that, get that all sorted out for you. So, yeah. Um, also, we, uh, we finished our stewardship campaign here a couple weeks ago. We are still taking those pledge cards so that we can build our budget for 2021. If you have not yet got your pledge card in, please uh, send that along so that we can uh, do a good job of estimating our 2021 budget. Uh, thank you for everybody who has already gotten your pledge cards in. We really appreciate that. We'll be uh, working through the budget here in the month of November and presenting that to the congregation at our annual congregational meeting in January. So. Uh, once again, thank you for your faithful support of the church. Thank you for also helping us estimate our budget uh, well. Appreciate that. Uh, Christian Ed, it's, uh, it's a busy, busy time in the church. Our pre-K through fifth grade are doing remote Christian Ed. Steph Brader, our director of Christian Ed, is doing weekly video lessons with that. Uh, those accompany a packet that was sent out to every home that has children in that age group. Um, those remote Christian ed lessons are going really well. They're a lot of fun. I invite you to look at those. Even if you don't have kids that age, perhaps if you have grandkids that age, you can send the links out. They're just on our church's YouTube page. We send them out every Friday afternoon as well by email. So look at that. Um, we're still doing youth group in person for middle school and high school with uh, face masks and social distancing. How's that going, Damon? Going really well. We're having a good, good. time. Good. Uh, and then adult ed, man, the adult ed offerings at our church are pretty remarkable uh, this fall. It's been amazing to see how the stuff has come together. Uh, first of all, we, we, we've got our Monday check-in that you're listening to right now. Uh, a chance for you to hear me and Pastor Damon talk about the Bible. Tuesdays at noon, we have a Bible study, which is also uh, on the scripture that we will be preaching on the following Sunday. That is available both in person in the church uh, with face masks and social distancing, or you can zoom into that and just uh, reach out to the church for the link for that. Wednesdays at noon, we have a study going on on the book of Revelation led by our scholar in residence, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh. Um, that's going very well. Uh, if you have an interest in the book of Revelation, let us know. We'll send you the Zoom link for that. That one is exclusively via Zoom. Uh, we're also recording those, correct? No, are, are we recording those too? Yes. Yep. Yeah. We're also recording those and we'll be posting those as well. So if you have an interest in learning a little bit more about the book of Revelation, that's a great way to do that. Sunday mornings, we have two adult ed opportunities, uh, both remote via Zoom. One is called the Heirs of Parent Class, and they are studying a book by Adam Hamilton, which is called Seeing Gray in a World of Black and White, Thoughts on Religion, Morality, and Politics. Uh, and then we also, and that's every Sunday morning at 9.15 a.m. 
uh, email the church office or me or Damon for the link to that. We can send that to you. Uh, also, Sunday mornings at 915, we have our adult ed forums. Those rotate. Uh, we've just started one. It's a three-week series on the Gospel of Matthew, um, and it's going really well. Uh, last week, uh, the last Sunday, yesterday, uh, went really well, and, and so we've got two more weeks of that. So if you're interested in digging deep on the Gospel of Matthew, join us on Sundays at 9.15 a.m. We also record those, and we'll be posting those to our church's uh, YouTube page and uh, invite you to check those out as well. Uh, anything else? Uh, and, well, in, in case folks uh, don't know, you don't need an account or anything on YouTube to watch any of this stuff. You just go to youtube.com, see a little magnifying glass, type in First Presbyterian Church, uh, Hastings, Nebraska, Hastings. And, and it'll pop up and, and you can watch all that sort of stuff. So, Yeah, and the same is true with the Zoom. I know that feels like an intimidating technology to video conference on a computer or a smartphone, but it's, it's actually quite simple. You, you just press a link. And uh, sometimes if you've got a phone or an iPad, it'll download an app for you. Uh, if you're on a computer, it will just pull it up and then you participate. Uh, it's, it's very simple. So good, yeah. good reminder. Thanks, David. Yep. So, uh, should we have a prayer? Let's do it. All right. So let's pray. Loving and gracious God, you call us to live lives worthy of the gospel, worthy of the good news of your son, Jesus the Christ. Help us to do that. Help us to multiply and increase those gifts which we have received from you. Um, the gifts of grace, of mercy, of forgiveness, of kindness and generosity. The love which we have received through the birth, the life, the teaching, the death and resurrection of your son. Help us to share that with the world and with those around us. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Does that seem like it? I think that does it. All right. Well then, until next time, toodaloo.